You're listening to a message from Every Nation Canberra. In this message, Pastor Joe Sulit uses Genesis 13 to challenge us to think about the decisions that we make in light of eternity. Say hi to the person beside you. We've got some new friends here. Welcome to Every Nation Canberra. We're a family of churches and uh, ministries that exist to honor God by establishing Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, and socially responsible churches and campus ministries in every nation. Last week, we talked about James chapter 4, verses 13 to 16. What is life? And according to James, life is like a mist that appears for a while and then disappears. And we realized and understood that the danger of living without God is the danger of dying without God. And the man that dies without God dies without hope. And today, we are doing some sort of a sequel to that, not really a sequel, and our topic today is entitled, Which One? And we're going to read Genesis chapter 13. And before we start that, let's just say a short prayer. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity that you gathered us here together as a church family to worship you and to listen to your word. We pray that you would anoint the preaching today and give us an open heart and an open mind so that what we will learn today will be something that we will live out in our lives to glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's go straight to Genesis chapter 13, verse 1. So Abram went from Egypt to Negev with his wife and everything he had, and Lot went with him. Abram had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and in gold. Just to give you an idea, Lot is Abram's nephew. His father died, and Abram took him uh, with him when God said, go and leave your country and to the place I will show you. Next verse. From the Negev, he went from place to place until he came to Bethel, to the place between Bethel and I, where his tent had been earlier and where he had first built an altar. There Abram called on the name of the Lord. Verse 5, And Lot, who went with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents, so that the land could not support both of them dwelling together, for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. And there was a strife between the herdsmen of Abraham's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. And at that time, the Canaanites and the Perizzites were dwelling in the land as well. Then Abraham said to Lot, Let there be no strife between you and me, and between your herdsmen and my herdsmen, for we are kinsmen. Is not the whole land before you? So separate yourself from me. If you take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if you take the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and saw that the Jordan Valley was well watered everywhere, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt in the direction of Zoar. So Lot chose for himself all the Jordan Valley, and Lot journeyed east. Thus they separated from each other. Abram settled in the land of Canaan, while Lot settled among the cities of the valley and moved his tent as far as Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were wicked, great sinners against the Lord. Then the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had separated from him, Lift up your eyes, Abraham, and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, and eastward, and westward. For all the land that you see, I will give to you and to your offspring forever. I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth, so that if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring can also be counted. Arise, walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I will give it to you. So Abraham moved his tent and came and settled by the oaks of Mamre, which are at Hebron, and there he built an altar to the Lord. Our message last week and today points out to the same direction. What is life? 
Well, they say, as we talked about last week, life is what happens between B and D. It's everything that happens between the time of your birth and the time of your death. And what's in between B and D? That's C. And C represents the choices that we make in life. And everything that you do right now is based on the choices that you made in your life. It's not your past relationships. It's not your parents. It's not God. It's not the economy, the weather. It's not your age that is to blame. You and only you are responsible for the choices that you make. Now, the thing is, the choices we make will have eternal consequences, whether we like it or not. And this is the reason. Let's look at the first verse in Genesis 13. The word wealth was first mentioned in the Bible on Genesis chapter 13. Abraham had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and in gold. Because of their wealth, they had so much flocks and herds, they could not dwell together. So there was strife between the herdsmen of Abraham's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock, not considering that the Canaanites and the Parasites were also living with them on that land. Now, this is what I want to point out from this verse. They didn't have that problem before when they didn't have much money, right? Where did we get the idea and the notion that when we get rich, our problems will be solved? Some of the most unhappy families in the world are the wealthiest. I remember back in Manila, I was working for a rich Chinese man. He owns vast enterprises of businesses from the north to the south. And he told me, you know, my greatest regret is not being able to talk to my brother because her older brother asked his dad to sign a document that gives him three-fourths of the entire estate and, and properties and wealth of his father. So his older brother was filthy rich, and he was very, very rich, but they're both unhappy. Why? You know the answer. Wealth can be a blessing, but unfortunately, the wealth that we have, God gives us, can also be a dangerous blessing. Increased wealth increases also our potential to do good or evil. The Bible says in Luke chapter 12, to whom much is given, much shall be required. And as Spider-Man put it, with great power comes great responsibility. When your income increases, more so, your accountability to God increases. We need to pay serious attention because the Bible warns us of the danger of wealth. Not that wealth is being wealthy is sin, but the Bible says, remember how Jesus uh, observed when the rich man walked away, right? Jesus said, how hard it is for those who are wealthy to enter the kingdom of God. Now, Paul said, those who want to get rich fall into temptation and the snare of many foolish and harmful desires, which plunge men into ruin and destruction. In 1 Timothy, he said, for the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil, and some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with so many pain. The more you have money, the more you have to yield to the Holy Spirit and watch and guard yourself from every greed that can manifest itself in the way you handle and the way you acquire and the way you distribute and share your wealth and possessions. There's a new study that was revealed 
that it says here that the wealthy are unlikely to be bothered about those who are struggling to make ends meet. Now, Deshaur Keltner, a psychologist and a social scientist, said this, the rich are usually self-obsessed and only worried about their own well-being. And according to their study, they were less empathetic and generally more selfish as a result of having more money. The next verse says, Abraham said to Lot, let's not fight over this. We're brothers. Remember? Abraham, remember, said, you separate yourself from me. If you take the left hand, I'll take the right. If you take the right hand, I'll go to the left. Abraham, being the older and the leader of the clan, had every right to make the first choice and just leave everything else to Lot. Abraham graciously yielded to Lot. Why? Because he trusted God to give him his portion. He did not need anything else. He said, we are brothers. Why do we have to fight about this? Abraham, remember, valued his relationship with Lot more than his right to choose the land that was supposed to be for him if he really wanted to. The lesson that we learn from this verse is that we have to choose to value relationship over issues. A lot of our, the times that we fight and argue with people is because we value the issue at hand more than the feelings of the other person. We value the situation or the argument more than the person himself or herself. We put more emphasis and value in winning and proving that we are right and he is wrong or she is wrong rather than the relationship itself. So much pain can be avoided if we set aside our entitlements, our pride, and let the Lord take care of us. Sometimes it's hard to trust God that he will take care of us. No, I want to do this. I want to prove that I'm right and that you're wrong. And the consequence, I'm not willing to take it. The next time you feel like you're being drawn into an argument or a fight, remember the general rule. The Bible says, let's pursue the things which make for peace and building up for one another. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2, it says, we deal with these things with humility, with gentleness, and with patience. Let's bear with one another in love. How can you bear someone who's so difficult? What's the reason why people bring difficult people in your life? Because God wants to test your humility. He wants you to be more patient. He wants you to be more gentle and to bear with that person in the spirit of love. Next verse. Lot chose for himself the Jordan Valley. Remember, Lot lifted up his eyes and saw that the valley was rich. It was just like the garden of the Lord. And there is a deliberate contrast between what Lot did and what Abraham did. Abraham settled in the land of Canaan, while Lot settled among the cities of the valley. Now, probably Abraham, after saying, Lot, you make the first choice, when he realized that Lot chose the better land because he was selfish, he probably was just standing there and, what did I just do? But here's what God said. Abraham, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are. 
You look north, south, east, and west. For all the land that you will see, I will give to you and to your offspring forever. Abram waited on the Lord. He waited on the Lord, and God tells him to lift up his eyes and look at every direction. Make a decision that will value godliness over greed or your desire to get rich. Lot was driven by greed. He just wanted the best for himself. And in the end, you know what happened. He suffered the consequences of his desires, his selfish desires. Abraham waited on the Lord and walked in faith. Lot acted on his greed. And just like Lot, if left unchecked, we too can be like him. We will be consumed by our own desires. How do you know if you're greedy? Have you ever asked yourself, am I greedy? Do I have the tendency or uh, can I be greedy at times? The answer is simple. If we put more value with the things that are created over the one who created it, then we are greedy. If we find ourselves thinking more, listen to this, thinking more about the things of the world and how to get them over God, then we have a problem. If we are willing to violate our conscience or reject and neglect our spiritual duties over those things that we think are important. If we find ourselves thinking more about the things and how to get them more than the time that we spend with God. Sometimes a lot of us make financial decisions based on opportunity to make more money. And in the end, we sacrifice our family. We sacrifice our health. How many, how many of you know people who work three jobs at a time just so they can have more money? I'm not saying that having more money is a sin. I'm not saying being rich is a sin. But if you want more money, ask yourself, why do I want more money? And the answer will reveal what's in your heart. What are we really living for? There's nothing wrong with enjoying the things that God has given us. But if we start thinking, if I just have such and such, I will be happy. Who among you are like that? You think of something, you dream of something. If I have that, I'll, I'll be the happiest person in the world, right? Or if you think that if I have this much money in the bank, then my future will be secured. Then I will not have to worry about facing the trials of my life in the future. When we think that way, we shift our trust from God to the things of the world. And that is dangerous. Remember when Job lost everything, he said, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed is the name of the Lord. At the slowest point in his life, when he barely had nothing, he still said, Lord, thank you for this. It also enabled Paul to be content with much or with little because he believed and he knows that his sufficiency is not in what he has, it's not in what he doesn't have, but his sufficiency is in Christ. You know, there was, there was one time, I remember when I was a little, a little boy, there was a fire in the neighborhood. Our neighbor's house was on fire. And we were just like, you know, I was like probably 11 or 12 midnight. We were just running around. We didn't know what to do. I saw this guy, this, this small guy, you know, lifting up an entire fridge. He was like running like this. I know where he got the strength, right? But everyone was trying to save what was valuable to them. And it made me realize that everything that we accomplish, everything that we achieve in this life, earns us nothing if we lose our eternal soul. 
Because if we put more value into the things of the world and the, what the world has to offer over than what the Lord has to offer, which is life eternal, salvation through Christ Jesus. They say that your choices make you. You make the choice, but in the end, your choices make you. The story of Lot in Genesis chapter 13 teaches us a lesson about making choices in life. Since choices result in eternally significant consequences, we must choose carefully by the guidance of Spirit things that are in line with God's principles. Seek God above all else and value your relationship with Him more than anything else in the world. I realize at the age, at the age of 52, I am nothing more than the sum of all the choices I made in my life. What I do now, who I am, and what I'm doing right at this very moment is a result of a thousand choices I made in my entire life. I made a lot of choices. Some of them, a lot of them I regret. Some of them I'm thankful for. But you know, I just want to share with you the most important choice I made in my life is when I chose to follow Jesus. That is the best choice that you can ever, ever make in your life. The ABC of what life is, everything from your birth to death is what your life is here. It's composed of the choices that we make in life, the C that we make in life. And the C represents the choices. The C represents the consequences of those choices that we make. The C represents the commitment that we make to the choices we make. And I hope the C in your life will represent Christ. As Neil Maxwell said, in the end, if you do not choose Jesus, it would not matter really what you've chosen. You could have made millions in your life. You could probably be juggling from one house to another in one state to another, driving five beautiful cars. But if you did not choose Jesus in your life, all of the things you've acquired, everything that you've made and chosen in your life, they all account to nothing. Because apart from Jesus, we are nothing. I like, I like what, what uh, one pastor said. He said, we tend to think of committing our life to Christ as like putting $1,000 on the table and saying, here I am, Lord. This is all of me. I'm yours. And he said, but the reality is that God sends most of us back with $1,000 in coins. So we go through our life getting one coin at a time, putting a little 20 cents here, a little 50 cents here, a little dollar here in small deeds of faithfulness, in small deeds of obedience, in small deeds and acts of kindness and love towards people around us. It's right there. In those little 20 cents, 50 cents choices we make in life that define our direction in life. Now my question is, where are you going to put your 20 cent choice today? I hope that you'd put it over relationships more than your rights, 
more than your feeling of entitlement and more than the issues that you have in your life. I hope that your 20 cent decision today will be more about the things that God offers rather than what the world offers. And I hope that you'd put faith in God's promises over the immediate pleasures of the world. Lot made this choice. He put the immediate pleasures and promise of the world before anything else. But Abraham, he lived by faith. He did not understand what God was doing. He did not see the land that God was, wanted him to be. But he just trusted God because he had faith. And I challenge you today, church, we still have choices to make in our lives. If you haven't decided to give your life to Jesus, I pray that that's the first choice that you will make today. And from now on, you will have to decide where to spend all those little coins. Spend them in the things that will glorify God the things that are really valuable, not just for this life, but for eternity. Remember, you cannot take wealth with you when you die. Even if you're the richest person in the world, the biggest piece of real estate that you'll have will probably be just two square meters of space. If not, probably you'll just be in an urn. Remember, to live is Christ and to die is gain. And I hope we take that with our hearts today as we spend the rest of the week with our families, with our friends, and the choices that we make that will make a difference in our eternity. Let's all stand. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this great opportunity to hear your word. Lord, thank you for reminding us that sometimes we become too busy with the things of the world Sometimes you get too worried about what's going to happen. There are some members of our church today who are struggling with the thought of losing people important in their lives. They've probably reached the end of the line. And even if we're Christians, we believe that they will be in heaven and we'll be with them. There's still this pain this knife piercing through our hearts knowing that one day we will say goodbye to them in this world. I just want to encourage you. Sometimes even if you don't understand what's happening around us, let's just cry out to God and say, Lord, please take care of me. Lord, I trust you. I know that your plan is always perfect and pleasing. Lord, may our days be dedicated to living our lives for you and for you alone. Lord, may we not be like Lot, who would be overwhelmed by what the world has to offer, career, job opportunities, the opportunity to earn more money, to go to that land and live there and be prosperous. And when we are tempted, Lord, to value those things over you, always remind us to ask ourselves, why do you need more money for? Because the answer will always reveal the intentions of our hearts. So, Lord, we thank you 
for reminding us that we should only be dependent on you and you alone. And our security lies in what you have done on the cross for us. And that to us is the most important thing. The most important decision that we have made in our lives is to follow you, to live for your glory, and enjoy you forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's continue to worship God. You just heard a message from Every Nation Canberra. For more messages like these or to access other resources, please visit our website at iancanbra.org. Like our page on Facebook at facebook.com slash everynationcanbra.